No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Evening, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. Thank you for joining us. Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I hope you had a lovely couple of days because I certainly did. As always, so much to get through, so little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebump. It's really dumb, actually, to do that plug at the start of the fucking show. I never realised like if you if you listen to this show regularly, then you've heard me say that a couple of hundred times now. Ring you know? the bell and get, get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub. Who was that? Mucus Flembrain. Thank you so much. Um, you've heard me say that like two hundred and fifty. What are we like three hundred episodes now? You've heard that enough. You know where to go. Patreon.com/slash/boogiebummer. But if you're a new listener to the show and you hear that straight away, like I haven't heard anything. Why would I give you money? Why would I support this show if I haven't heard a single second of it yet? So I'm going to have to stop doing that now. <laughs> if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, of course, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, then you can do so by following me at boogiebumper. Uh, tonight, we're also live, puresocialtv.com, puresocialnetwork.com. We're over there. We're streaming there too. We're having good times. It's good times. Thank you for joining us. It is Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. I've got a very Christmassy show for you tonight. Very nice, positive, lots of happy things, which humans tend to, you know, crave. Unbeknownst to myself, I had no idea. You people, people just want to hear nice stuff. They want to hear nice things. So I'm going to give you some nice stuff and some nice things tonight. It's not going to be the usual doom and gloom. There's going to be a little bit of doom and gloom in it. Just enough. Just enough to make you appreciate the finer things in life. Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, before we get to anything else, though, quick plug. Yes, Friday night. This Friday, Boogie's Birthday Bash, 6 p.m. You are all invited. I have invited some streamer friends, too. I hope they will join us, too. But it should be nice and fun. It, it, I'm just going to relax on Friday night. You know, I'm, I'm planning on not doing any of the normal topics and just talking with talking with friends and laughing about things. I, that's the plan on Friday. So help me God, if one of these fucking politicians or one of these media people or one of these experts comes out and does something really egregious that we can't ignore, I will get so angry. What are you doing? It's supposed to be a happy day. Not a crazy day. So, Friday night, ladies and gentlemen, 6pm, Daily Boogie. Before we get to any of that, it's the Christmas season, it's December, it's happy times. So, why not start off with a nice, happy video? Oh, but, oh shit, before we get to the video, I have to show you this, ladies and gentlemen. So, on Friday night, we are giving away another piece of glass art. Something that, and we're running out of holes. So, we've done the dildo, we've done the butt plug. And so there's only a few places left that we can stick things. So I'm happy to report to you that this Friday, the giveaway for the boogers 
Lady of Diamonds Gypsy with the diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Good evening, boogers and family. Well, good evening to you too. Winning TV with a diamond. DLive.tv slash winning TV. Politicians love to ruin our fun, so dear. We're not going to let them ruin our fun. Fuck it. <laughs> so we're so the, one of the few remaining holes we have left on the human body is about to be filled by the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. Because this Friday night we will be giving away an authentic, one-of-a-kind, made-in-America, genuine, Sherlock Holmes-style, traditional tobacco pipe. Yep, that's what it is. It is a it is a modern it's it's a modern reimagining of the traditional Sherlock Holmes style old school tobacco pipe. That's what it is. And we will be giving away one of these tobacco pipes on Friday night, ladies and gentlemen. Traditional tobacco pipe. That's it. That's all it is. It's nothing more than that. We will be giving it away to a lucky booger who can stick that down their gullet every time uh, they want to smoke some tobacco. <laughs> and the Daily Boogie will be there with them to enjoy. So, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Now, it is Christmassy time. It's Christmas season. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Or as Andrew Cuomo would say, It's that. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm trying to start off the shows a little bit lighter not so dark I'm trying <laughs> but I did find this earlier very funny um, Bocca Bradley you know Bocca Bradley he's around he's a nice guy he says hello he streams uh, some gaming from time to time on DLive so DLive.tv slash Bocca Bradley he's just a chill, chill dude does his thing he tweeted this out earlier and I watched the video and I was laughing a lot. So I thought, well, hey, let's start off on a positive note. Let's not be so dark and suicidal. And let's watch something fun. So I thought this was good. Oh, wait, I better explain the premise if you can't see the video. So what's, what's happening is somebody has got three different mobile phones and put them on a table in like a, so all the speakers are facing each other. And they've called Pizza Hut. Little Caesars and Dominoes, one on each phone, and they're just letting them talk to each other. <laughs> so, there you go. All right. This will be for Don for carry out. No, this is Little Caesars. Uh, what kind of pizza can I get for you, Charlie? This is carry out delivery. This is pizza. Uh, Third, <laughs> this is for Don for carry out. This is pizza. Uh, this is Little Caesars. Sir, 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 can you can you calm down? One step too far with the diamond. Follow me off the edge, fucks. D live insomnia streams. There you go. D live insomnia streams. One step too far. Thank you for joining us, sir. much enjoyed that because it was so stupid and there's one other thing i want to show you i was having a chat with a friend 
And for some, I can't even remember now, but for some reason, the topic of English police came up. And I remembered this clip from like 10 years ago, uh, a show that was popular here called The Chaser's War on Everything. They, they, they got famous in other countries when they did this prank where one of them dressed up like Osama Bin Laden and got into the G20 summit, like through security. So so they rented a limousine, they got little flags, they made fake um, security passes. And he was, like I said, he was dressed like Osama Bin Laden and he got all the way right into the middle of the conference with like fake security teams and shit. So that's how they kind of got famous. So the premise for this little bit is um, at the at the time, the reason I'm showing this is because the cop reaction is so good, and now, like ten years later, we the the divide between like person and police is so great, and we feel like everybody's treating each other much more harshly than we used to. This is only like ten years ago, so the reason I'm playing this is for the cop reaction at the end, which you'll fucking love. But I, it's a shame; it makes me sad because. That's not the expected norm anymore from anybody, cop or civilian or whatever. But the premise for this is the Queen, there was a story around at the time, like the royal family, they were dropping their allowance because the royal family don't have their own money. A lot of people don't know that, but the royal family lives like off the money that taxpayers provide. They get like an allowance every month, right? An allowance every year to spend whatever they, you know, whatever they want to spend on. But they don't have their own money. They're basically like children. They're, they're, they're basically like college kids who live abroad who just write home once a month asking for another check to be mailed. You know, but they're, they're not really the rich kids. The parents are rich. So at the time, the story was that the royal family, their budget, their allowance was getting trimmed a little bit because of economic pressures. So one of these uh, guys on the Chasers War of Everything went to Buckingham Palace and then was trying, he was acting like a real estate agent selling rooms to rent for people on the street. And so, but again, it's it's more about the cop reaction at the end, which is just the best. Very open society. I do like the idea, though, about uh, leasing rooms at Buckingham Palace because she does have a lot of space yeah. there. It's a tight rental market. I would have thought they'd have no shortage of takers. Well, that's exactly what I discovered when I tried to put those spare bedrooms on the market. Seven hundred seventy-five rooms available. Everyone, share with quiet elderly couple. I accept French. Prefer <laughs> Germans, though. Would you like to get a room here, sir? You probably have to put up with a few taunts from Prince Philip, but then that'd be fine. <laughs> How much is it? Look, they'll tell you whatever they can get at the moment. They're a bit, a bit hard up. You don't ever dress up in Nazi uniform, do you? <laughs> Some, yeah, that's exactly that. They had trouble with the last tenant. Sorry, mate. You interested, madam? No, no, you want to no, take no, one no. of the? I just, I just work and I'm not sure that you're allowed to do that right outside. Oh, really? I'm not sure. We'll have to check you. You want to get the owners down here and we'll have a chat to them. <laughs> 775 rooms. Some of them are taken, obviously. The old couple take a couple. They don't sleep together anymore, so that's two rooms gone. But other than that... Why? Why is that? Uh, I thought the Queen was living in there. Yeah, no, the Queen is living there. She's, she's, part, she's part of the elderly couple. There you go. Excuse me. Can you give us a hand? I've just got to this show this copper guy the here. room. This copper here. They call them bobbies. And they do have, like, because I've been to London and spoken with one, and they do have this... They, well, I, I mean, at least the one I met had a similar kind of fucking attitude. Like, they... They're, they're pretty Chad, you know? They're like, well, <laughs> they're very polite but Chad at the same time. It's hard to describe. 
the way that they're portrayed often in like American comedic shows and Australian comedy shows and stuff isn't really accurate. Like I know the police departments have some crazy shit like painting their cars like rainbows in order to save gay lives or whatever it was. Like all of the things that you would associate police uh, that wouldn't be, you know, part of their purview, so to speak. So I know there's a lot of those stories there, but the at least the one I met and the one you're about to see here, this this is fucking fantastic. I wish cops were. I wish this was the norm now that you would see instead of the opposite that we see now. So. I'm just going to show him the room. He really wants to see it. This I'm not getting so a lot funny. of bites. Can I show him the room? He's such a cool cat, this cop. Yeah, I am. I'm just like to get in. Are you going to take us in the back exit? Come here, mate. He's going to show us the room. <laughs> yeah, we did quite a nice sign, I think. We, uh, we tried to make it, talk it up a bit. I think it's quite within the dignity what of the palace. What point are you actually getting to today? Sorry? What's the point of you being here today? Well, we were hoping to show this guy around. He's quite interested. You're still interested, mate? <laughs> as you can see, it comes with security here, which is, a, look at is a bit of a he bonus just, as well. I might have to watch this. Watch this. He just stares at him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we can have a look. There we go. Do you want the room? Listen to this line. Craig Rucastle. Mm-hmm. Like yep. Well, what I want you just to do is turn that sign down immediately. Okay, so the room's taken. If you want me to say yes for your TV program, you've got a yes, the room's taken, okay? So uh, I hope it, it comes out nice in the production. I hope you edit this lovely and that uh, you get all the laughs you desire. Yeah. <laughs> it may not have been clear because of the accent and because of the street noise and shit. Basically, he was like, look, if you want me to say it's taken, it's taken, right? If that's what you're looking for. Uh, I hope everything works out wonderfully for your television show. I hope everything comes out beautifully in the post-production. And I hope you get all the laughs you desire. (laughs) Now that's fucking, that's a Bobby. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Isn't that so much better than... Isn't that so much better than shooting people on the street? Come on. Isn't that so much better than throwing Molotov cocktails at people? What a what a Chad. What a lad. What a lively lad. I hope you get all the laughs you desire. <laughs> Fucking great. All right. Enough of that now. Now we need to get serious, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on the Monday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Uh, As you know, one of the topics of discussion recently for the last little while has been not only the vaccine, but the conditions around the vaccine, the coronavirus vaccine, but not only the conditions and the vaccine itself, but the scepticism of the vaccine. You know, there's some very dangerous people out there. Very dangerous people out there with some very dangerous ideas. They have this idea that uh, they need to be weary of government and big pharmaceutical corporations and not just believe things. One step too far with the diamond Russian COVID pranks. Ah, oh, thanks, man. I'll, I'll have to get to that later, though. Black people are justifiably wary of a vaccine. Their trust must be earned, ladies and gentlemen. This is from the Washington Post. Again, black people are justifiably wary of a vaccine. Their trust must be earned. <laughs> Just the black people. <laughs> yep. 
didn't let that settle in. It is in the Washington Post. So democracy dies in darkness. Trust is earned. We all know that. This, this is the article. But if a national vaccine campaign is to succeed, we must quickly figure out how to earn the confidence and the cooperation of African-Americans who are justifiably wary of a coronavirus vaccine. Haven't we been told that you're not allowed to question it? Don't be an anti-vaxxer. Everything's normal. Skepticism of the vaccine is science denial. Right? It looks to me... Now, correct me if I'm wrong, okay? I want you to be honest with me, audience. Chat. Chat. I want you to be honest and tell me when I've got something wrong. It, It kind of looks to me that... Somebody got their hands on some internal polling numbers. (laughs) It looks like somebody got their hands on some internal polling numbers and as a result have now tried to get ahead of the story before it gets out there and redirect the story into a place of acceptance. It looks like, it almost looks like some political party or political personality got their hand on some internal polling that said something like the black people do not support mandatory vaccinations. It, uh, that's what it looks like. Therefore, the Washington Post has come out and said black people are justifiably wary of a vaccine. But this leaves them in a very difficult spot, you see, because for the last six months, nine months, fucking ten years, they've been saying you're not allowed to be sceptical of vaccines, right? That's a crazy thing to do. They, they've been associating actually being being sceptical of the vaccine to being a prepper who wears only army fatigues constantly and lives in a bunker in the woods in Montana somewhere, right? That's what they've been creating, that caricature, that o- only these fringe radicals could ever be against the vaccine. And they're probably white nationalists and they're probably Nazis as well, right? So how do... How do we frame this? Well, this is what we do. (laughs) Black people are justifiably wary of a vaccine. Their trust must be earned. Trust is earned. We all know that. But if a national vaccine campaign is to to succeed, we must quickly figure out how to earn the confidence and the cooperation of African-Americans who are justifiably wary of a coronavirus vaccine. The world is still at war with COVID-19. But, the, but a successful distribution of a vaccine in the United States will be won and lost on a battlefield with a long history of medical racism. Medical racism. Government-sanctioned medical experiments from the past have undermined black America's trust in this moment. Quote, And this is the part that I love because this is the part where we invent a new term. The Washington Post, ladies and gentlemen, quote, vaccine hesitancy. The article continues, quote, vaccine hesitancy, unquote, from black Americans is different from an, quote, anti-vaxxer stance. You see, you have vaccine hesitancy and anti-vax. Now, 
although it may appear on the surface to the uneducated individual that we're talking about the same thing here, people who are skeptical of a vaccine. Although it appears that way on the surface, I am here to tell you and instruct you and educate you, ladies and gentlemen, that this would be the wrong thing to think. This would be wrong thing. In fact, it would be racist wrong think, if I'm being brutally honest. And you don't want to be racist. So, (laughs) vaccine hesitancy and anti-vaccine are two totally different things. Now, you see, vaccine hesitancy is something that black people have because they are justifiably weary of a vaccine after, you know, years of government medical racism. Okay? Okay, are you writing this down? Are you taking notes? Now, on the other hand, anti-vaxxers are predominantly white nationalists who live in the the woods and have an unrealistic and irrational stance uh, against vaccines and skepticism of them. Their skepticism is crazy. The the vaccine hesitancy folks, their skepticism is justified, okay? It's justifiably wary, was the quote. Are you following along? Good. Vaccine hesitancy from black Americans is different to an anti-vaxxer stance. It's not that black Americans don't believe in vaccines. They don't trust a public health system that is in too many cases engaged in grievous harm by experimenting on black bodies without consent or ignoring the specific needs of black people. Okay, so that's why they're different. To understand the root of the skepticism, you must understand the history. You must consider how doctors at uh, Johns Hopkins University took cancer cells from a dying patient named Henrietta Lacks without her consent and then used those cells to create what would become a multi-million dollar line of biological research. Um, Hang on. It just occurred to me that... It just occurred to me that the author in this piece is actually angry because it seems they're upset that somebody's intellectual property was stolen. That somebody's cancer cells were taken from some somebody was robbed of their cancer cells somebody was robbed of their cancer cells and then I, I'm going to assume a very racist white person who was running the company uh, took those cancer cells researched it applied their medical knowledge and then came up with some kind of product from it Henrietta got to get paid. <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> Thank you, Washington. Thank you, Washington Pope. All right. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, black people are justifiably wary of a vaccine. Their trust must be earned. Where to from here? Where shall we go? Okay. Uh, this is a fun one. <coughs> This is a Michigan, uh, Mich- Michigan. This is a Michigan state. Uh, is it a state rep? Yep, Michigan, Michigan Democratic state rep Cynthia Johnson. Uh, she's got a message, a Christmas message, a happy Christmas message to all Americans and especially Donald Trump supporters this Yuletide season, ladies and gentlemen. 
So this is just a warning to you Trumpers. Good. Warnings are good. Warning. People give warnings when they care about you. Because I've seen a lot of people on Twitter talking about shit like this is a threat. Oh, she's threatening people. Oh, my God. Oh. You know. But let's be real here. When you warn somebody, like, say, something like, you know, if you if you touch my daughter, I'm going to fucking break your neck. That's a warning you give to somebody because you really care about their safety and you want them to protect themselves. So it's not, not a threat. A threat would be promising some kind of uh, action, perhaps potentially violent, in response to a certain action, right? That would be a threat. But, you know, just warning somebody, it's totally different. I'm warning you. I'm warning you, if you touch my fucking wallet, I will shoot you in the face. I'm warning you. That's not a threat. Okay? <laughs> Be careful. Okay. Walk lightly. Walk lightly. We ain't playing with you. Enough of the shenanigans. Uh-huh. Enough is enough. <laughs> and for those of you who are soldiers, yeah. you know how to do it. Oh. Do it right. Be in order. Make them pay. <laughs> I love y'all. I love it when not tough people try to be tough. You know? Just laugh at them. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody who's really non-threatening warn you? <laughs> you just go, huh? What? <laughs> yeah, all right, man. <laughs> Whatever, bro. <laughs> Enough is enough. Do it right. Make them pay. <laughs> okay, mate. <laughs> Good luck with that. Good luck with that. I'll tell you what, I'm very excited today. I'm very happy today. Because today, ladies and gentlemen, well, not today, yesterday, an amazing thing happened. Maybe it was a couple of days ago. I don't know. Don't hold me to it. A couple of days ago, an amazing fucking thing happened. I think when we look back on 2020, there are very few things that we can look back on and say, you know, that was good. That was great. I enjoyed that. There's not much of that going around in 2020. So I want to take the opportunity to point to something that I think has been an overwhelming positive for us here on this program on the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. And that would be... Chaz. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. I think one of the things that we can look back on in 2020 and say, hey man, that was actually really fucking good. We enjoyed that. Everybody had a great time. There was a lot of positives that came out of it. I I personally, I can tell you, I personally love Chaz. Chaz was amazing. <laughs> we had so much fun on those Chaz episodes. And so I'm happy to report, I'm pleased to announce. That we've got another one. Yes, come on. Come on now. We're talking Portland now. Uh, one step too far with a diamond. Remember when Timothy McVeigh warned the Fed on Instagram? No, I don't. I don't have Instagram. I don't remember that. 
Portland, Oregon, ladies and gentlemen. We got another Chaz. Now it's in Portland. It's fucking amazing. I'm so happy about this. Portland, Oregon. Barricades surrounded Mississippi Avenue in North Portland late Tuesday night. It had grown throughout the day as groups of people filled the area between North Skidmore and North Blandena. I don't know the area. I'm going to assume it's a nice area. Fit for Chaz. What is What it looks like, though, what, what it looks like on this occasion... Remember the previous Chaz? You had the Chaz and then that became the Chop. That was in Seattle. And then you had another Chaz start up, but it only lasted like a weekend in New York. Maybe it's too expensive in New York to have a Chaz for, for weeks and weeks. But So there was another one that happened in New York for like a couple of days, and then that was it. So now we... But both of them have been in the city, right? This new Chaz, Chaz 3... Chaz 3.0, the completing the trilogy of Chaz, which is amazing. I, I I now feel complete that we have three Chazes on the books. So this new Chaz actually looks like it's in the fucking suburbs, though. Like, if you look at all these pictures, right? It doesn't look like inner city to me. Look, where's the high-rises, right? This looks like suburbia. This looks like the suburbs. So are we talking... Now, what kind of suburb is it? Is there anyone here who's from Portland who can answer that? Because I'd like to know. I'd like to know what kind of suburb it is. Because if it's... I, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that it's possibly like a pretty okay upper middle class whitey suburb. Is that fair? Because <laughs> all, the, all, the, all the signs look very neatly stacked and organized. Right? <laughs> I'm thinking this is like an upper middle class privileged white kid private school kind of Chaz, which completely changes like the vibe of the Chaz. Because you remember in the first, the first one will always be the best, the Chaz before it was the chop. But you had like on the outside, you had like apparently like the angry people and throwing Molotov cocktails and a lot of African-American safe spaces and stuff. But then once you went inside, it was bongo drum circles uh, fucking people trying to start organic gardens with pizza boxes. It was a fucking shit show inside. <clears throat> it was, yeah, it was yuppie. It was like yuppie inner city protest. So CK Benzona saying it's a yuppie suburb. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if that's true, if it is a yuppie suburb, then I'm I'm not fucking surprised because that, that was my first thought after looking at all of the, you know, the... Looking at the video evidence and the picture evidence, I was like, hang on a minute. This doesn't look like inner city ghetto to me. <laughs> this doesn't look like it's a, a hot spot for police violence or anything, right? It looks like a pretty upper middle class whitey suburb here. So <laughs> let's have a look. Let's see what's going on. I'm very happy about the new Chaz, ladies and gentlemen. I hope it lasts. It's in Portland. Let's go. Right now. Oh, incidentally, I thought this was fucking hilarious. Uh, in the street. Take me back to the... Look, have a look at this. <laughs> the news station in Portland, uh, KATU, ABC2 in Portland, the slogan for the news station in Portland is on your side. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I laughed when I saw that. <laughs> I'm on your side. They thought, somebody thought that was a good idea. Let's market that. I'm on your side. 
as the bricks come flying through the KATU windows onto the desk while the newsreader is saying there's some peaceful protesting happening outside. He gets glass shards in his face. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there. and People are calling this a violent riot. Really? Those Nazis? Remember, here at KATU, we're on your side. <laughs> Please stop throwing grenades into the foyer. <laughs> we're on your side. Come on. All right, let's go. I want to see the new Chaz. Come on. Right now, a standoff. In I'm not even kidding. I'm so fucking pumped for this. The streets of North Portland as a group nice. protesting an eviction face off with police in the middle of a neighborhood, building barricades and blocking roads. This is a live look right now near that home on Mississippi Avenue. You did, <coughs> did he just say Mississippi? Now, is the street actually called... Because I, I was reading the street name before. It was like Mississippi North. I've never heard of Mississippi. Mississippi Avenue. <laughs> We're on your side. Look right now near that home on Mississippi Avenue. Mississippi. <laughs> Mississippi. <laughs> How much money do these people get paid in local news, I wonder? It's got to be upwards of 80. He's probably not on fuck you cash, but it's. I reckon it's got to be like 80 grand a year at least minimum to be a, like a local news reader. Maybe it's more. Maybe it's more. I don't know. It probably depends on the size of the city. Portland's a pretty decent sized city, isn't it? Mississippi. Fuck. This is a live look right now near that home on Mississippi Avenue. You see <laughs> the barricades off in the distance there. Good evening. Thanks for being with us, everybody. I'm Steve Dunn. And I'm Deborah Knapp. The story has been unfolding all day. Police say people at what's known as the Red House have been trespassing on that property. Officers tried to move in earlier today to help with the eviction, and this was the result. Hang on. Why does the house have a nickname? You know, growing up, I'm because I'm trying to think of if I knew any houses that had nicknames. Yeah, there were houses that had nicknames. You know, the ones that had nicknames were usually the ones where either violence or drug taking happened. Those were the ones that had nicknames. You know, don't go, don't go in the lawn of that house. That's the fucking crack house down there. That's the party house, the crack house. Right. <laughs> Whenever whenever a house has like a local nickname, what's what's known as the red house. Okay, if it's known as the red house, then the house is known, and if it's known, it's probably known for something. And if it's known for something, it's most likely either uh police having to show up there all the time or like a lot of fucking drug and drunken activity taking place all the time. It's not going to be known for like, it's called the Red House because they give so much charity to children. There was a protest down there at what's known as the Red House. The Red House, of course, famous for its work with Meals on Wheels and other charities. Right? No, no, no. It's, it's known in the local community because it's probably, <laughs> probably a fucking shit fight that the cops have to show up to every Friday and Saturday night and everyone in the neighborhood hates it. You know? So apparently there was an eviction at this so-called red house that everybody knows. Gee, they're fucking, they're getting, they're getting brave, aren't they? 
hey? You know, I'm not a I'm not a back the blue guy. I try to treat every incident as its own incident. But they're fucking they're starting to get lippy. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no way. There's no way that they would have uh, ran up and just he, he just ran up to that copper and punched him in the face and the cop ran the other way. Ran away from him. That's there's no way that would have happened not even not that long ago. I would never. He walked up to a potch and, uh, cop and punched him in the face. Cop sh the baton should have been out at that moment. Smack across the jaw. Drop the cunt. You know, but they don't do that shit anymore. Fucking. Thank you for keeping me safe. <laughs> Minister of Fun Kimmy with a diamond. Thank you for joining us, Kimmy. You can watch the Kimmy Show Thursday nights. It's the Kimmy Show. Thursday nights on D-Live, the Kimmy Show. Uh, you can watch the Kimmy Show. Getting lippy in Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> there you think. Look at this. Look at him. Since then, protesters have blocked off several streets with barricades. K2's Megan Allison joins us live there now. And Megan, does it appear at all the demonstration? Fucking take your mask off, you fucking idiot. <laughs> she's standing on a she's standing on a street in the middle of the fucking night. There's nobody there. Take the fucking mask off, you fuckwit. It's not even like a political thing. It's like it's the fact that you're on television for a start, and you're not wearing a mic underneath your mask. So now you're gonna do this report from this fucking random street corner in the middle of the night when nobody's around you. You're going to be wearing a mask. So you're on television, but half your face is fucking blocked. And then you're going to sound like, Yeah, we're standing here at the corner of uh, Mississippi Avenue and uh, Alabama. This is a place where apparently the police started fighting earlier today when groups of protesters. Now we have to listen to that. Fucking wrong with these people. Take the fucking mask off when you do your, your cross. Nobody's going to arrest you. Nobody cares. They're busy. They're busy running away from Mississippi. Fuck me. Around that property is growing. Well, I can tell you the barricades have definitely grown in the last few hours. I'll step out of the way so you can take a better look behind me here. Now, just in the last hour, we have started to see more movement. People coming out from behind the barricades and starting. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad that the media is taking such a safe distance from this peaceful protest. <laughs> Gee, don't get too close there. Don't get too close. Don't get too close. You might actually get some footage of something. Fuck, we can't have that. Look, look at this. <laughs> bravely. Our media is bravely going out there and searching for the truth. <laughs> they look like they're on the other side of fucking Portland over here. <laughs> you can't see anything. <laughs> now, how big is the zoom on this camera? Because we're going to fucking need it. I'm, I'm, I'm planning on parking on the other side of the suburb. I don't want to be anywhere near, anywhere near these people who are definitely not violent and only engaging in peaceful protest. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Cameraman in the Iraq war would like go and jump on a grenade compared to this. Have some commitment, brother. Now, just in the last hour, we have started to see more movement. People coming Ooh. out from behind the barricades wow. and starting to circulate. There's been people walking around. 
We're getting all this hot footage. There's people walking around down there. Do you believe it? We have seen some people. They've been there for an hour. This is what she's bringing for an hour's worth of footage. We've, we've been here for an hour. We've seen people walking around behind the barricade sometimes. And then at one point, somebody came out from in front of a barricade. That was huge. That was huge. We all We were all watching that. It was like seeing a whale give birth in the middle of the ocean. It was just fucking magical. It's like seeing the Aurora Borealis. It's like seeing Haley's Comet. It's like seeing Santa scratch his ass after coming down the chimney before he eats the milk, uh, drinks the milk and eats the cookies. It's just one of those rare things. Saw another dude walking around down there. It's fucking incredible. Around the intersection at Mississippi and Skidmore. Mississippi. This is getting a you, you mispronounced, you mis mispronounced Mississippi. Mixed reaction from neighbors and business owners in this area. Uh, mixed reaction. <laughs> this will be fucking good. Because <laughs> you know the corporate press is going to do what they can. This is a great peaceful thing that's happening here. The Multnomah County Sheriff's Office says a judge granted an eviction here in February. So this is the red house. Now, I wonder if I wonder if our earlier assessment of the red house is in any way accurate. It looks it. It looks it. It could be it could it could be a drug house in there. Who knows? Everything's boarded up. It looks like a squatter's place, right? <laughs> I could be wrong though. Before any eviction moratorium went into place because of the pandemic, sheriff's office deputies served the court order in September. Yeah, yeah, the owner at Atlas sure. Tattoo Shop tells K2 he was not disturbed by the people staying there since then. Do I want uh, the street in front of my business to explode in unrest? No, I would prefer that did not happen. But I also perfectly understand uh, the, well, I suppose that... Oh, come on. This is a guy who's desperately trying not to say something racist. <laughs> it's fucking obvious, bro. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I would prefer, I would prefer, I would prefer if the street in front of my business did not descend into violence. But on the other hand, um, well, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> so the, I don't know. Did you see the sign on the red house that said save the red house, right? It looks like a squatter's house to me. I could be wrong. Henry with the diamond. Thank you, Henry. He perfectly understands nothing. <laughs> No, he's trying. He's trying desperately not to say something that somebody can get outraged at, because he knows that there's the early, there's the early sproutings of a race war just out front, out the front of his fucking business. So, you know, everybody's going to be hyper aware of anything that gets said in this neighborhood right now. <laughs> remember, the, remember the slogan. Remember here at KATU, we're on your side. We're on your side, citizens, bringing you the real news, the news you can trust. So he's trying desperately to tiptoe around the obvious point that he clearly wants this fucking squatter's drug den shut down. <laughs> Winning TV with a diamond. He's afraid they will burn his shop to the ground. Of course he is. And the media will come out and say he's a racist too because he wants this squatter's drug den shut down. 
because he wants the squatters and the druggies addicted from the house across the road from his shop. He wants that, but he can't say it. He has to tiptoe around, dance around it because he knows <laughs> he can't be racist in Portland, bro. In front of my business to explode mm. in unrest? No, uh -huh. I would prefer that did not listen, happen. Listen to but this. I listen also to it. perfectly understand uh, <laughs> the, well, I suppose that I understand arguments on both sides of this particular <laughs> divide. <laughs> that's liberal. What he just said there, that's liberal for get these black dude out of here. Get these fucking out of here, out of the fucking neighborhood. That's liberal. That's how you translate liberal. Oh, uh, well, I see uh, good points on both sides. That means get the cross and the gasoline and the bed sheets <laughs> to a liberal. <laughs> He's so brave. Well done, sir. Some neighbors say they're worried about safety, choosing uh -huh. to stay home and move cars while demonstrations take place. Right. If there are some sort of demands or specific requests that the people are protesting for, they can verbalize those to a party that could hear them, and then maybe they can come to a mutual agreement or... Oh, man, this is so beautiful. Because this is one of those... Again, I'm so, I'm so happy that... The, the, the slogan for this news network is on your side. This is fucking perfect. This is like we're living in a simulation kind of level. Because this is what, this is the reality that gets presented to upper middle class white liberals. This is that moment of reflection. This is gut check time now. Right? Listen to this. Listen to this delusion that this man has. So here's the red house again. It's clearly now I'm now I'm convinced it's clearly a squatter's drug den. You know, and if if you if you're taking drugs and squatting and you know becoming a nuisance for people, then eventually the city will move you on. Just it's just the way it happens. If you keep a low profile, they'll probably fucking leave you alone. But if you make a if you make a scene and make a fucking mess. And, you know, have people standing around out the front throwing beer bottles in the street and shit and, you know, stuff like that. Then eventually the city will come along and say, all right, you got to fucking go. You're not even paying rent here. You don't own the place. Fuck off. That happens. <laughs> so this protest happens. But see, while it's happening, the upper middle class liberals who live in these cities pretend like it's all about racism and it's all because, it, you know, there are only homeless black people because white people don't care enough, right? Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy with a Diamond, it's a serial killer house. <laughs> Why well, I can't make, I can't go that far. I don't know. <laughs> you reckon there's you reckon there's vats of acid? No, if it was a serial killer house, then it'd be white people. <laughs> white people living there and everything would be clean. <laughs> serial killers I've learnt from the movies are very clean about things. They like to keep a low profile. So it can't be a serial killer house. Don't be so racist. <laughs> So eventually the city will come and move you on. But this is those moments where white upper middle class liberals come face to face with the absurdity of their own positions. Well, like, listen to this fucking guy. Well, actually, if you want to uh, fight the city about a house being, uh, you know, mowed down and people being evicted from a house, there are avenues where you can go. There are official government uh, people you can see 
and then you put in a motion, and then that motion's heard at the local city council uh, meeting, and then the people, the council members will vote on that. <laughs> like White upper middle class liberals think they genuinely believe that most people are like them. They genuinely think that's legitimate, explaining to people who live at a squatter's fucking drug den that if they re- if they want the house to stay open, then they have to go and fucking report it to see... They'll laugh at you and punch you in the face. And this is the moment. This is your time for reflection. They're not... You might be on their side, but they're not on your side. They hate you. They hate you because you're, you know, comparatively rich and live in a nice part of town. And you're white. They hate you because of that. They want your stuff. You know. It's like, fuck you, I'll steal your stereo. (laughs) Oh, well, you could go and see the mayor. Go to the mayor's office and put in a request. And then you'll get to sit in in the local city council meeting. And that's when uh, the the eviction notices are handed out, actually, at the council meeting. What? (laughs) I'll just like, we'll just throw some barricades up and give them the finger. <laughs> different. It's a different one saying it's a different world. It's a different universe for these upper middle class university educated people in these very liberal towns where the, all of the liberal towns have like a, you know, some kind of slummy environment somewhere, but they all pretend like it doesn't fucking exist. And they, what what makes them good people is they're defined by the opposition to the other people who they deem as like being these awful Nazis and bigots and intolerance and blah, 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 blah. But the shit that they tolerate makes society worse. That's the problem. They can call themselves tolerant, but they'll tolerate the wrong things. And then when they're confronted where with this moment where their tolerance means fuck all in the real world, then they, they fall to pieces more often than not and become people who kind of, well, uh, well I, I really wish it died. there wasn't a fight out the front of my shop, but uh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, I can see, uh, well, uh, 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 well, I can see the uh, truth on both sides. That's what happens. That's what happens. But I'm on your side. Are protesting for... They can verbalize those to, to a party that can hear them. They can, and they can verbalize their concerns to a party who will hear them. <laughs> oh, okay. Thanks for the tip, bro. <laughs> you're, living, you're living in a fucking different planet, mate. You, what, you think, you think fucking crack addicts? who are squatting in houses are going to go and verbalise their concerns to a representative who is willing to hear it? (laughs) Fucking planet are you on? (laughs) But this is the way they view the world. (coughs) They view the world through the lens of fantasy. Everything everything has to be a feel-good story. If reality doesn't make you feel good at the end of the day then you have to make it into a feel-good bullshit fucking tale. Well, you go and see somebody who really wants to hear you. You can vocalise your concerns. Complete different universe. And come to a mutual agreement or mutual agreement. <laughs> people could get behind. Police say there have been 81 calls about the home in the past three months. K2 did reach out to the property owner, but we have not heard back yet. 
live in North Portland. Megan Allison, K2 News. Megan, thank you. And at least 13 people were arrested earlier as the protesters clashed with police. Early this morning, <laughs> contractors tried to fence up the private property, but protesters took that fencing and then used it to block off Mississippi Avenue. We later saw them chasing off Portland police officers. The family who lives in the home at the center of the protest was evicted in September. Since then, neighbors say it's become a problem home. Police have been called out, like you heard Megan just say, at least 81 times. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, umpires. Thank you, ball boys. Thank you, linesmen. Game, set, fucking match. How do you like that one? <laughs> I didn't know. I hadn't watched this video yet. I had not watched this video. Oh, it's a problem house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the police have had to show up to this fucking death hole 81 times. <laughs> 81 times. You know what they call it? They call it the problem house. Oh, <laughs> you mean there's problems? <laughs> well, Bob, neighbors say that it has become a problem house. Police have had to show up at least 81 times. <laughs> I've been in my house for like 15 years. Police have, haven't had to show up once. Can you believe it? I guess we have no problems. I guess we are free of problems in this house. <laughs> haven't had police called here once. It's amazing. I wonder why that is. I guess we're just living free, living large, living a good life. No problems here, bro. I know, when you own a problem house, though, you've got to get used to the police showing up four or five times a fucking week. <laughs> Save the red house. <laughs> Allison, K2 News. Megan, thank you. And thank at you, least Megan. 13 people were arrested earlier as the protesters clashed with police. Early this morning, contractors tried to fence up the private property, but protesters took that fencing and then used it to block off Mississippi <laughs> Avenue. We Mississippi. later saw them chasing off Portland police officers. The family who lives in the home at the center <laughs> of the protest was evicted in September. September. So we're talking 81 times in what? Two months? 81 times in two months. <laughs> A lot of that's a lot of police visits. So the pro, so the owner of the house is the one who's actually trying to evict all of these people. Can you imagine? Oh god, you can't even sell it either. Nobody's going to buy this from you now. What a burden. So the owner of the house is putting up the fucking barricades around it. It's a problem house. Apparently we're 81 times. Listen, see, even in this moment, the corporate press is doing everything they can to walk the line of, we must not say anything bad about people, right? It's so fucking disgusting. We mustn't say anything that could be deemed, you know, offensive to anybody. Fucking grow up. It is what it is. Fucking 80 times the police have been called to this place. It's clearly a squatter's, a squatter's drug den. Right? Why is my fucking outro music playing? It's, it's clearly a squatter's uh, drug den. 
They've been called there 80 times. They still have to toe the line. Oh, well, there have been some problems, yes. Problem house. Fantastic. Since then, neighbors say it's become a problem home. Police have been <laughs> called out, like you heard Megan just say, at least 81 times least. from September to November for a variety of issues like fights, shots fired, threats by armed individuals, and blocking traffic. Oh, what a shit. Look at the shithole this is. Imagine the stink of being around these people. Oh. <laughs> Look at them. Told you. Look, a lot of a lot of malnourished upper middle uh, upper middle middle class upper middle class fucking a lot of malnourished upper middle class fucking white kids here. A lot of them. They're probably only showing up now because they've been activated. <laughs> their local their local activist leader said we need to get down there immediately. Any opportunity, even laughable ones. Mayor Ted Wheeler tweeted about this, saying, in part, I'm authorizing the Portland police oh. to use all lawful means to end the illegal occupation of North Mississippi Avenue and to hold those violating our community's laws accountable. There will be no autonomous zone in Portland. Oh, that's where you're wrong, Mr. Wheeler. That's where you're wrong. The group protesting an eviction face off with police in the middle of a neighborhood, building barricades and blocking roads. This is a live look right now near that home on Mississippi Avenue. <laughs> Just had to hear Mississippi one more time. All right. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break here on the show. When we return, so much more to get through. Thank you for joining us. You're on the Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. See you soon. <laughs> times using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later irrational times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level new songs and sketches every week so check it out Idiot boogie bumper. 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 Really giving that one a workout? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> 
DLive.tv slash JJ Stone. And we love JJ here on the show. The world is a terrible place, full of terrible people doing terrible things. Thankfully, there's a weekly live stream that doesn't sugarcoat it for you. Join Major Tom Saturdays at 10 p.m. for the Big Empty. That's Major underscore Tom on DLive. Make sure to use zeros for O's because your life really is that hard. Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censored, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumbling for coins when you have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go to watch old things. All the warm, fuzzy member berries it brings. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. Can't be old movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. When we were kids and there wasn't any school We'd sit and watch all the best cartoons Eating cereal until it was noon We never thought that 30 years later It'd still be cool Saturday night and cheesy movies The ones that used to show us boobies It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy This Justin! The global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. This right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Tarifa Reaper in the chat, waiting on the Chamani commercial. I usually play the Chamani one on Friday. On Fridays. So it's 
Sorry about that. Yes, you did miss it. It was five days ago. But don't worry. There'll be a new one on Friday. Speaking of Friday, speaking of Friday, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, 6 p.m. Friday night, Boogie's birthday bash. You're all invited. And we will be giving away this authentic, modern, this modern, authentic, traditional reimagining of a traditional Sherlock Holmes tobacco pipe in glass form, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it is. Glass Sherlock Holmes tobacco pipe. We will be giving it away on Friday night, but you have to be a booger and you have to be in the chat to win it. So we'll probably do it on Friday night after the ad break, like straight after the break. So I'll take everybody's name uh, who's a booger in the chat who wants to be in it um, during the ad break, and then we'll do it straight after the ad break on Friday night. Friday night, 6 p.m. Daily Boogie birthday bash, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I've got some more, I've got some more Chaz stuff that I want to look at because I've got because <clears throat> we watched the corporate media story on the new Chaz, the next Chaz. Uh, what's this one's called the POZ though, P-O-Z, the POZ. Fuck the polls. Uh Portland Occupied Zone, ladies and gentlemen. It's, uh, Portland, the Portland Occupied Zone. It's better than Chop, it's not as good as Chaz, so it'll all it'll always be a Chaz to us here on the show. So I do have some more like on the ground stuff compared to the corporate media shit that we saw before. But before we get to that, I've been meaning to play this for a couple of shows now. And I thought you may appreciate it. You remember that story we covered in China, ladies and gentlemen, about six months ago or thereabouts, where the Chinese transportation mogul uh, was boasting about the fact that they were putting facial recognition cameras in all of the train stations in China. (coughs) Pardon me. You know, this is for your convenience, of course. And when the, you know, when the interviewer asked him, you know, what are the benefits of this? He said, well, we, we feel like this is a good move because sometimes it's hard to fumble for coins. It's, it's hard to get your ticket out of your pocket when you're carrying a heavy bag, right? That was the reason for the mass surveillance rollout, for your convenience, because sometimes, you know, you lose your ticket or can't get it out of your pocket. <laughs> when you're carrying a heavy bag into the station. <laughs> so, on a new edition of It'll Never Happen Here, ladies and gentlemen, I caught this from uh, Houston-based, based, Houston-based news outlet. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy. But lots of you have no choice and have to fly. So tonight, we're taking a look at new technology that is now in place at both big airports in Houston that will make traveling internationally more safe. It's going to be more safe. We're keeping you safe. Thank you for keeping me safe. (laughs) It's going to make getting on a hunk of metal that is propelled through the fucking sky, you know, at the level of the clouds at hundreds of miles an hour by, you know, two or three or four, two or four engines, it's going to make that so much safer. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to make the unnatural human act of flying in a fucking hunk of a tin, in a tin can, it's going to make it safer. <laughs> God, good. Are they, are they going to put foam all around this thing while it flies around? No, that's not going to happen. No, no, no. We're rolling out mass surveillance. That's how we're going to make it safer. 
that is now in place at both big airports in Houston that will make traveling internationally more safe. Here's Chris Costa. <laughs> more safe. Woo! Woo! International travelers get ready for the future at Houston's two major airports. The future is touchless. So how can you be against it if it's all about the future? That, remi that reminds me of something I have to play now. Because, you know, whenever you mention the future, you know it's good. You don't even have to know anything about it. You just have to know that it's the future and you don't want to be left in the past because being left in the past At Martin Malloy, isn't the future. We're creating the future today. That's right. We're not just waiting for the future to drag its sorry ass into the present. We're creating it now. A future you won't believe. You'll be sitting there going, bugger me, that's the future, is it? Phew, that's a beauty. At Martin Malloy, we're creating a future. A future for you and your family. Obviously, there's some forms to be signed, and I'll have to check with the warehouse. I mean, you wouldn't want that one. It's been on the shop floor since October. The future at Martin Malloy is simple. You know those big water slides Speaks like they have at SeaWorld? It's like one of them. It's like that. It's like that. You get in one end and boom. Before you, you know are. it, there you are. In the future. In the future. With your togs pulled right up your crack. It's the future. It's, well... Remember when calculators first came out? Yeah. They were really big, yep. size of a house brick, yep. with those red numbers and the buttons that were really New hard to push in. That is now in place but you still went, wow, Houston, how futuristic is this? It's like something safe. off Space 1999. Check it out. I've spelled shell oil. That's what the future's like at Martin Malloy. The future is f***ing excellent. I'm telling you, it's really f***ing in excellent at martin malloy the future is here and it's not here, here for, for a haircut. haircut the future is here and it's not here for a haircut let's go new technology called simplified arrivals should make the customs process faster and safer <laughs> Simplified arrivals. <laughs> you know, we were going to go, our other working branding uh, name we had for this product was Invasive Surveillance, but we decided that that didn't work as well with customers. You know, we did a couple of, we did a couple of field tests. And we ran on, you know, invasive surveillance, and it just didn't didn't cut the mustard. So we decided instead to go with <laughs> what's it called? Fucking convenient fucking check-in or whatever. Says faster and safer. A camera takes a picture of your face faster and safer. G called simplified arrivals. Simplified arrivals. <laughs> it's faster. It's safer. It's amazing. Here at Simplified Arrivals, we want to make your arrival simple. It's definitely not Big Brother. It's definitely not invasive surveillance. <laughs> it's faster. It's safer. It's amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for keeping me safe. 
Thank you for keeping me informed, corporate media. Thank you so much. Should make the customs process faster and safer. Faster and a camera safer. takes a picture of your face and matches it with a federal database of photos you've already given the government. Oy! reason that this is a problem because people are going to say well they've been taking your picture for years what do you expect they've been asking for your picture on your driver's license and stuff this is all just about opening the door to the pictures that you haven't given them that's all it's about because remember we've covered that the company on this show what a few times months and months ago and we said they're going to roll out these facial recognition cameras at airports and bus stops and train stations now. Okay, that's the new normal now. That's where we're going. Um, Clear Blue AI. An app that, what was it? Like, what, 400 fucking law enforcement agencies across the new, uh, North America were using this? It was invented by an Australian, by the way. They're using this app where they can just take a picture and it just scours the internet looking for shit that you've uploaded to... Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, any social platform where you can share your picture. And it instantly goes around and scoops up all of those pictures. And within a fraction within fractions of a second, it can let the user know your name, your address, where you work, and who all your friends are. And then do the same thing to them. And nothing bad ever happens by uh, being on a government database, it only ever works out well for people. You know what I love most about the, uh, you know what I love most about the TSA and security at airports is they not only do they love us and protect us, they want the whole checking in process and customs process to be safer and more efficient. They really are looking out for my best interests. They really are here to keep me safe. Thank you for keeping me safe like from passports and visas. We envision airports of the future where your face will be used from the moment you walk in at ticketing, baggage drop, and TSA lines. The airport of the future. No more fumbling for change at the news agents like to get the fucking... The, the stick of gum, you know. Yeah, just scan your face here. Scan your face. Let's hook that up to your bank account immediately. So as soon as you, from the time you walk in to the time you leave the other airport, this is the airport of the future. Your face is scanned before you even get to the front door. It's scanned when you book it, when you go to pick up your bags. It's scanned when you go through customs. It's scanned when you buy a fucking magazine for the flight. It's futurific. Foggy in the chat. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me safe. To the time you board your flight. Oh, not only this, though, but remember, we can do away with the traditional passports because we're going to replace them with a health passport, or as we like to call it here in the Patriot community, the Freedom Pass. Because we care about your freedom. So in order to grant you your freedom, I'm afraid that you first you're going to have to prove to us that you've had the coronavirus vaccine. Not just one, but you've got to get the booster as well. That's a month later. That comes a month later. Now, if you survive that, then 
uh, we're going to have to take face scans. Uh, by the way, I have another video. We probably won't get to it tonight, which I probably should have shown first in hindsight. But I have another video. I think it's from ABC News boasting about the fact that they've now invented facial recognition cameras that can uh, see through your mask. <laughs> so people were like, well, we'll just wear the mask. That'll fool the cameras. No, not anymore. Not anymore. Now they have uh, cameras that see through the masks, so, which is great. And obviously they're only seeing through the mask and nothing else. No other material on your body shall be penetrated by these super futuristic, high-tech, safe, safe and convenient cameras. <laughs> right. Oh, the future is here and isn't it, isn't it bright and wonderful? Customs and Border Patrol says people will no longer have to scan their fingerprints wow. if they are a returning traveler. Really? Our officers can focus on traveler's intent rather than on administrative task of handling documents. Reducing touch points is important to passengers like Austin Armwood. We're kind of skeptical about coming here. He's visiting family in Houston. Especially with the way our world looks today, um, I definitely think it'll be a more have more benefits than negatives. Imagine, imagine getting to this moment where, like, we all suspected we would get here, but none of us wanted to get here. But now that we're here, it's even more confronting. Imagine getting to this moment in time where people see mass surveillance, where people see, like, the eradication of privacy as keeping them safe. Like, if people have too much privacy, it's dangerous. That's that's where we, if you break down like all of the rhetoric and if you strip away like all of the white noise that's swirling around the topic, that's essentially what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with millions and millions and millions of people who vote, who genuinely believe that the eradication of privacy and all semblance of it is the only thing that's going to protect them. It's going to keep them safe. And again, I've mentioned it before, I'll mention it again. I'm reminded of a conversation I had with a guy who's doing very well in the States. Who, you know, I said to him, people are going to get sick of this, man. People are going to get sick of this. And he basically laughed in my ear and said, nope, nope. He said, people will lock themselves in their own prison cell and throw away the key because someone will have told them that it keeps them safe. So that, those were his, his exact words to me. No. People will lock themselves in their own prison cell and throw away the key because someone has told them it will keep them safe. That was like, what, three years ago? Four years ago? Something like that. I'm yet to see where he's wrong. I'm yet to see where this guy is wrong. I have not seen it yet. All right. Uh, while we're on the coronavirus, ladies and gentlemen, the good, the people of New South Wales, my state, my home state of New South Wales. Woo, I've got good news. We're getting some freedom back. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Happy Freedom Day, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have a look here. For the first time in nine months, life looks almost normal. Almost normal. The raft of COVID restrictions rolled back today. Wow. There was more Thank good you. news from across the country as well. Thank you, Mr. Government. 
Thank you so much. Thank you for keeping me safe. Thank you for giving us some of our freedoms back. It's almost like normal. Wow, we should be so thankful. We should throw ourselves at their feet and and beg for salvation. Beg that they would accept us into their hearts because we love them. Our fearless leaders. Minister of Fun and Kimmy with the diamond. They put us in chains and... And we were secure, P. Harvey. Oh, oh, they put us in chains and we were secure. Yeah, that old radio show um, monologue, right? Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, that's too bad. Too bad for the people living in the States now, dealing with the mass surveillance rollout. Here in Sydney, here in New South Wales, we're getting some of our freedoms back. How do you like that, sucker? <laughs> How do you like those? How do you like them apples, huh? Huh? We're getting some of our freedoms back. Thank you, Mr. Government, for keeping me safe. As well, with Western Australia confirming it will reopen borders Woo. from tomorrow. Standing up, drinking in a beer garden. The simple things in life COVID took away. We're now. No, COVID didn't take it away. The governments did. The governments did. We have to keep doing this. We have to keep reiterating. Now, I am happy because I love standing up and having a beer in the beer garden. It was bizarre. I went to a bar um, for uh, somebody's birthday maybe two months ago. And I, I usually stand at the pub. I don't sit much. I usually stand. I like to stay on my feet and drink. <laughs> and so, like, I was standing and I was talking to people and the, the girl working there said, you, you have to sit down. And I said, you know, sweetheart, I just got here. I've only had like two drinks. And she's like, no, no, no. Like the, the rule is you have to sit now. <laughs> just, I, I, it, I, it made me hate being there. Like I left not long after. I didn't, I didn't, I'm not going to like throw a beer and get into a tantrum and attack the girl. She's only, I kept saying, it's not your fault. You're only trying to put in the ridiculous fucking bullshit rules that the government's making you. So I get that. But it made me feel like I was a little kid again. No, can you please sit down when you're having a drink? We can't let you walk around with it. I was like, uh, fucking get me out of here. I think I left about half an hour later. I'm like, that's enough. I smashed down two beers as quickly as possible, and then I'm like, all right, we're going. <laughs> I'm not here. To, I'm not here to be treated like a fucking child. Sorry, happy birthday, but fuck, fuck this. <laughs> I was out of there. So I do enjoy standing and drinking, but I mean, the 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 act, the reaction to it, like we're going in, we're making these fluff pieces now, right? Oh look, happy days, drinking in sunshine again. We're getting our freedoms back. They never should have been taken in the first place. But, but, do you genuinely think? Press one in the chat if you think at the start of this video on the way this is presented. Press one in the chat if you think that uh, what is being described in this clip is normal, like going back to normal. Press two in the chat if you think it's a sales pitch. I'll leave it up to you. One in the chat if you think they're talking about going back to normal. Press two in the chat if you think they're talking about a PR campaign. Let you decide. Let's see how cynical you are.
see a lot of twos, man. A lot of twos. I see a lot of twos correctly. Well done. <laughs> because of course there's conditions. Of course there's stipulations. Of course there's caveats. You didn't think you were going to get your freedom just handed back to you, did you? The simple things in life COVID took away, we're now taking back. A lot of the things we haven't been able to do, we're now able to do. And this is a big recognition of the fantastic work that the people of New South Wales have done for the last nine months. <sighs> there is no limit on the number of people attending weddings and funerals. Wow. No limit on weddings and funerals. That's okay. Great. There should never have been. But okay, we'll take it. Thank you very much. No limit on weddings and funerals. Venues except gyms and nightclubs. Oh, gyms and nightclubs are still closed. Happy Freedom Day. Freedom Day. Well, I guess, you know, we can do without the gyms and the nightclubs, I guess, you know, as long as everything else is back to normal. Clubs can double capacity under an expansion of the one person per two square metre rule. Oh, we can now have two people per two square metres. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, as long as everything else is back to normal. So the gyms are closed, the nightclubs are closed. We can now have twice as many people in a pub according to their square meterage. We can have two people per two square meters. So that's okay, as long as, and in the restaurants as well. I mean, as long as everything else is back to normal. As long as everything else is back to normal, right? Indoor dance floors are back, limited to 50 people at a time. <laughs> oh, well, you know. Why would you want more than 50 people on a dance floor anyway, though? Right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're getting our freedoms back. Sounds like a little bit of a sales pitch to me. <laughs> oh, and here's, here's a protest for you. The rollback and restrictions has been hailed as Freedom Day in the black... The rollback and restrictions has been hailed as Freedom Day. We can now have 50 people on a dance floor. Happy Freedom Day. <laughs> we can now have two people per two square metres in a restaurant. Happy Freedom Day. Now this bit, this part here I especially love. Listen very carefully to this. This is fucking amazing to me. Have a listen to this. The time. The rollback and restrictions has been hailed as Freedom Day and the Black Lives Matter movement was quick to respond, staging this protest in the heart of the city, knowing that they can have 3,000 people here. But today there was less than 100 with the promise of bigger demonstrations in the future. Now, <laughs> there's two things about this that I love. First of all, Happy Freedom Day to the Black Lives Matter movement. So they can now have a protest of 3,000 people. Not 3,001, right? not 4,000, 3,000 only. <laughs> so happy Freedom Day, Black Lives Matter. 
you can have a protest of 3,000. Now, it's the obvious one here is less than 100 people show up. That's funny. Okay, less than 100 people. But that's not the thing that I really found funny. That's not the first thing I noticed. Consider this, right? Consider where we are in 2020. <laughs> Consider this scenario. You have a group whose stated aim is overturning the system. Right? We want to overturn the system because the system is racist and evil. Now, the group with the state of a, uh, stated aim of overturning the system because the system is racist and evil waited until Freedom Day to do their protest. <laughs> Yeah, I want to protest, but I don't want to break the rules. <laughs> wow, what a what a fucking Marx, what a commie you are. <laughs> I I will I will I will call for the overturning of the system when the government lets me. <laughs> Cause I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> What rebels you are. What fearless fucking freedom fighters. I, we're waiting until Freedom Day for our protest. <laughs> we don't want to go we don't want to go outside before then. Fuck. I love it. Overthrowing the system when the government says it's okay. And you really you really are the, the resistance, aren't you? You really are the counterculture. You really are. You, you really are speaking truth to power, aren't you? You you waited for the government to announce Freedom Day before you would protest. I swear double four double three. Rusty in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. DLive.tv slash I swear double four double three. That's sticking it to the man. No doubt. No doubt. Happy Freedom Day. Let's get out there and tell them how much we hate them. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for keeping me safe. All right. I promised you some more uh, Chaz, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get back to the Chaz. Let's get back to Chaz. Uh, there's a couple of videos here. The new Chaz, which is in Portland, of course, which is called the Poz, the Pork, uh, the Porkland. I keep saying Porkland. Porkland. <laughs> Welcome to Porkland. We got deep fried, pan fried, stir fried. <laughs> we got all the pork you want here, Porkland. <laughs> the Portland occupied zone, ladies and gentlemen. This is very serious stuff. <laughs> this is a tremendous. I'm so happy that there's a new Chaz. Let's have a look at some more clips here. I hear they've already got the drum circle going. Very good work. Very good work, Portland Chaz. The drum circle is key. See, there are two things that I look for in my revolutionaries. Number one is you fight the system when the government allows you to do it on Freedom Day. That's number one. Number two, it's not a good protest unless there are bongos present. There has to be bongos. If we can get bongos being played by people on the 
allotted day of the allowed protest on Freedom Day, then I'm all for it. But there has to be a drum circle. Exactly. Starting off strong, mucus flambray. But if you listen very carefully, it sounds like they're not drumming on bongos. It sounds like they're drumming on old paint tins or something. You know those big plastic ones? Sounds like they're paint, uh, they're bongoing on, you know, paint drums. Or those kinds of drums that used to contain like chlorine, swimming pool chlorine. Yeah? It sounds like that's what they're playing in the background, which is even better. That's, that's way more chic. It's way more uh, trendy. You know what I mean? That sound. Look at look at the sophisticated booby traps here. <laughs> How did they make their way through our defensive systems? <laughs> what have you done? Well, I got a fence paling and then I stuck it pointy nail nail pointy side up on the road out the front. They'll never figure it out. I held it down with a couple of rocks and what looks to be a roof tile. <laughs> Our security system is complete. <laughs> That'll show them. Somebody say, hey, look, you know, you fucking pigs. If you try to come in here to our Chaz, you'll, you may have to get a tetanus shot. When that nail goes through your foot, boy, you'll know about it. I've been to the top of Mount Everest. I've sailed the seven seas. I've shared the stage with all the best. Lot of good it did for me. And it sounds like like budget. It sounds like garbage dump makeshift drums going in the background. But that's actually they're actually the war drums of Chaz. So if you approach, you you're not if the if the if the fence paling with the nails sticking out doesn't get you, then the sound of the war drums will infect your psychology. It will infect your psyche and you will go slowly mad until you commit suicide on one of the fence palings by uh, throwing your throat at it repeatedly. Because that's that's how serious we're taking this. This is very serious stuff. Somebody get somebody let Mersh know. Holy shit. <laughs> somebody needs to take a screenshot of that and send it to Mersh. <laughs> if you don't know, if you don't know what I'm talking about here, Mersh put a shirt out, a Joe Biden shirt, months and months ago. It was uh, a picture of, it's a picture of Joe Biden. And it says poo poo pee pee, right? Poo poo pee pee 2020. Like that's Joe Biden's fucking slogan. Look at this. This is happening in the Portland shop right now. In the Portland Chaz. They're fucking fans, mate. Look at that. Look at that. Why do you know?
Cops are pee pee poo poo. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> well done. Nightwave is the voice. Nightwave is clearly clearly the voice of these very brave drug addicted squatters in this neighbourhood. You know, when they throw a beer bottle at the street or when they throw a Molotov cocktail at a police car, they're doing it with the with the power of Nightwave beating through their hearts. Poo poo pee pee twenty fucking twenty. Look at that. Isn't it wonderful? Well done, Mersh. Fascism is capitalism in decay. Poo poo pee pee 2020. Uh, here's another one. Uh, Antifa attacked Portland police and made them retreat when they responded to the autonomous zone in North Portland on, on Mississippi Avenue. They left their bros. They left their mates behind. <laughs> Did you see that? One of the cop one of the cop cars took off and the door was still open. Look at that. Because somebody's trying to get in the door. So they drive off and leave their fucking comrades behind to the mob. Oh my goodness. Oh no. <laughs> Fuck. They're definitely getting lippy. Definitely getting lippy. Like I said, man, it wasn't that long ago when the first time somebody, you know, the first time somebody grabs at that cop's mask or grabs at his helmet or tries to grab his baton, wasn't that long ago when it just would have been instant, like a fucking baton strike right to the fucking side of the face. Bang, drop him. Drop him where he stands. And then the next one comes up, and before he's even done anything to you, wham, you drop him too. And then they start to go, well, maybe I shouldn't go up and run and, run and attack this guy. But the, the the confidence and the trust and, you know, the everything has just been so eroded for so long. This is now... You know, this is now the level that we're at, where people are willing to just go up and fucking grab on them, grab at their face, grab at their belt, right? Grab at their baton. Because they know, they. it's not that they think nothing's going to happen. They know nothing's going to happen. It's, to, it's a totally different thing. If you don't know that you're safe, then you're going to behave accordingly. You'll, you'll take it to a certain limit. Sometimes you might even go up to that limit and go over it. But you'll behave in a way that's mostly safe. If you know that they're not going to do anything back to you, then that 
you lose all motivation for staying within the rules, right? And this is what happens when people know that nothing's going to happen to them. Smash the back, smash the back window of the police car. Oh boy. Oh boy. Is this the same video? I think this is the same video. Yeah, that's the same one. That's the same one where we saw the fantastic security, security out the front of the place. All right, here we go. Where's the film crew coming through? They're not our friends! I'm here to be your friend. I'm here to be Hide your faces! Don't trust them! Film crew, through! See, like, this is the thing, right? This is clearly... This is clearly an organised thing. This is not some fucking organic uprising of people getting evicted from the Red House. This is a... What we know about these types, I mean, look, they're, they're dressed in the uniform. They know what they're doing with the umbrellas, right? They're blocking the cameras. They don't, they're not from, you're not from around here, are you, boy? Right? You ain't from around here, are you, son? So what's being, what's happening here is this squalid fucking squatting drug den red house that some owner, somebody else owns, which is now being occupied by what appears to be about three or four dozen people. <laughs> three or four dozen retrobates, right? Probably pissing and shitting all over everything. The cops have been called there 81 times since September. So, you know, I don't know what to tell you. It is what it is. So he's trying to get his house back or she's trying to get her house back or whatever. The cops are now being called in. Well, we've got to do something. <laughs> There's the autonomous zone. None of these upper middle class white kids dressed with the face masks and with the umbrellas who know the tactics of like getting in front of the camera and annoying them and blocking their footage. They, they, I mean, look, there's not a fucking cloud in the sky. There's no other reason to have a have an umbrella out that day, right? <laughs> totally grassroots, of course. This is just being used as an excuse for further agitation. You know, people too often, I think, get, you just, we get, I'm guilty of it myself. We get sucked into this trap of, oh, it's socialism, blah, 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 blah. But you have to understand the difference. This, what these guys do is not fight for socialism. They're fighting, they fight for chaos. Their job is to destroy the system. The socialist job is the, is to rebuild the system after it's been destroyed. But their job is to just to agitate and create chaos and get in the way and stop things, right? And prevent things and cause riots and fuel discontent. That's their role. These guys aren't here for the socialist utopia. <laughs> Tactical umbrella. But it's just, I, I mean, it's a tiny example. Just take everything that we've watched over 2020. These guys aren't here to install the socialist republic. These guys are here to just fuel discontent and fuel divides and help perpetuate chaos. That's their, that's their role. That's their job. Just to make things difficult. 
You know, this is these guys are black block. I'm not even sure they are Antifa. These go these guys with the umbrellas and stuff. They're black block. They're anarchists. They just want chaos. They just want to destroy the system. Like this is why they hate the Portland mayor Ted Wheeler. This is why they hate Nancy Pelosi. They hate the Democrats just as much as they hate the Republicans, because they hate the system. Right, so they see the Democrats as part of the system, so they hate the fucking Democrats too. We've we've played the clips on this show of like black block people throwing bricks through windows of Democrat politicians and stuff. But it's easy to frame it as oh, this is the socialist versus the right, but it's really it's not necessarily true. the The thing is, the socialists are happy for the black block types to go out there and do what they do because it makes their aim more achievable that being of bringing in socialism on the back of the chaos. But the people who are doing this kind of shit, they're not for socialism or they're just against chaos, uh, against the system. It's their job to bring the system down and that's it. Here they all come. There's a lot of rich upper middle class kids here. A lot of, like, look, look at this. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> These people are fucking pansies. Though. These aren't your hardcore ones. There are some hardcore uh, Antifa black block types who will beat the shit out of people. Like big, big dudes. They're usually like union guys and stuff like that, you know? Who moonlight as far left extremists, but uh, the ones that you get in these suburby kinds of areas, they're not real. They're not real. These are just university students who are studying sociology, who just who have it in their head that it, it's important to be part of change. They don't even know why. They're just there because somebody told them it was good. Say it one more time. Go. We have to be able to be out. Just get out of here, man. Who say we want to still here? Don't call me guys. Emma's a cop. You say we But here at KATU, we're on your side. We're here to tell your story. Yeah, no, fuck you too. Fuck you too. I love the I love these moments when these corporate media fucking hacks get a taste, a dose of reality. We've been saying on this show for months, for years, that they they hate you too. <laughs> you think you're you are on their side, but you are not. <laughs> You're part of the system that they want to fucking destroy. You delude yourself into thinking that you're on their side, but really, you're the ones that you're the one that's going to the theater and the expensive wine bars and the expensive restaurants, right? With your security detail living in your gated community, doing your little puff pieces for the corporate media talking about how wonderful peaceful protest is and how a problem house and racist police are attacking the problem house. It doesn't, you can take, if you strip all of that out, they'll beat you on the street just the same as they'll beat anybody else and take their wallet. 
You know, they're gonna they're gonna rob your house just as much as anybody else's. Ring the bell and get your special. cheese, man. Amberlina, thank you for the sub. You're not special. You're not on their side. You think you're on their side, but they hate you just as much. We've been trying to tell you. You won't listen. Where are the crews over here? They might not let you through. Why not? Well, I, I, mean, I don't know why not or right or wrong, but... Fucking imagine. Imagine living on this street and, you know, not being a part of this. Oh, fucking what a nightmare. What a nightmare. But the, the thing is, you couldn't leave your house either. Oh, because there's no way I'd want to be in that situation with all of this shit going on in the street, in my street, out the front of my house, if all of this was taking place. I'd say to my wife, grab grab your fucking shit. I'll get the dogs in the car. We're going. Just, just grab whatever you can, whatever you want to save, and just assume that everything else is going to get fucking looted or burned. No, I'm not fucking staying here for this, though. Fuck this. With these people out the front. No way. But so you ca- you can't leave though because if you leave that means you know that all of your stuff is going to go missing over the next couple of days, right? If nobody's there, then there's no there's no deterrent. I mean, if you think people are willing to smash a cop in the face and try to steal their gun belt, but not willing to steal your things from your living room, then you're fucking delusional. You're delusional. So I, mean, I don't know, but just imagine being in that fucking scenario. Just imagine being like, imagine living here. And all of this shit is going on out the front. You know, Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. At that point, you're just a homeowner. You're like, just get the fuck out. You'll, you'll turn into an old man. Get the fuck off my lawn. But you can't say too much because then they'll come and, they're coming for you too. I'm on your side, remember? Oh, isn't it good? It's good. It's good community cohesion, isn't it? So it sounds like the journalist just got you know at least touched physically in some way because she was like, "Hey, hey, whoa, whoa!" That to me sounds like someone put a hand on her. That kind of reaction. Yeah, that's some cold shit. Mate, maybe uh, now that sounds a little bit like hair pulling, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Ow, ow. And then you just heard somebody said, just then, get the fuck out of here. I'm gonna break your fucking camera. <laughs> I'm on your side. Shit. Ow. You said you're gonna break your fucking camera. Do you realize that? Get out of here. Touch me one more time. See what happens to your fucking camera, dog. It's it's really like the even though the media will get chased out of there, right? These fucking idiots will get chased out of this situation and then still do a positive story that night. They'll still go, well, you know, we understand the frustrations of people. Honestly, we can see good points on both sides, you know. We can honestly see good points on both sides and we understand the frustrations and this is really about racist policing. That's really where all this starts. They'll still do that. But if you look at the scene here, it's really nothing more than just a... It looks like a shitty 
It looks like a shitty street party for homeless people. That's what's taking place. Right? So the funny thing to me is you're going to have a whole bunch of people say this is a this is a group of concerned citizens standing up for the rights of black people to not get evicted from their living space. They can't say the place they own because they don't own it obviously. But this is this is people standing up for the rights of black people to have a roof over their head. Something like that. We should all be entitled to housing. That'll be the messaging, right? From one side. The other side will say this is a communist fucking takeover of the United States and we're at war. Which is, to me, it's equally funny because if you look at it, this is really just, it looks like a college-aged shitty street party for like for messy, smelly people. 90, 90% of these people wouldn't even know why they're there. They just say, oh, yeah, fuck the police. Yeah, fuck it. Let's get down there and get shit-faced and throw shit at cops. So read into that what you will. I'm looking forward to more videos coming out from this new Chaz because I'm yet to see an organic garden. <laughs> I'm yet to see an organic garden, so who knows how, just how seriously they're actually taking it. With that, ladies and gentlemen... That brings us to the end of tonight's edition of the Daily Poogie, Daily Poogie, the Daily Poogie, Daily Boogie podcast. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget, Friday night, 6 p.m., we're giving away an authentic, one-of-a-kind, genuine, made-in-America, Sherlock Holmes-style tobacco pipe on Friday night, ladies and gentlemen. Boogie's birthday bash. You're all invited, 6 p.m. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to follow all of our friends. I've opened up the chest right now. Until then, you don't forget Winning TV tomorrow night at 6.30pm. Uh, JJ Stoner, Joy of Pessy Thursday night as well. You got the Kimmy Show Thursday night as well. Uh, everyone's favourite lover of French Women Mersh, Poo Poo Pee Pee 2020. <laughs> and all of our friends. Thank you to everyone who contributed tonight on DLive. Like I said, we're back Friday night with another edition. Well, the birthday edition, the birthday bash edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Until then, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.